Morning, everybody. Good, good, good. I like to have uh, some conversations standing up because I think it's kind of fun and it's kind of neat, you know. Some conversations I like to have sitting down because I like to pretend sometimes like you guys are all in my living room and like I have a really big living room and like I like to pretend like we're just having a conversation around the table because it makes some conversations easier and Man, it's so good to see so many of you in the room today. It's, 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 it's kind of a weird time. Like, I know who's had corona because you're here. And so that's sort of my indicator. There's, there's kind of, there's, we kind of have four crowds. We have those who have had corona, and they're here. And then there's some people here who are like, the heck with corona. And then we got some people watching online who currently have corona or will never get corona. But in the midst of those four groups, we're able to find unity together inside the body of Christ. And that alone is miraculous. So, good job, God. Um, but y'all are here, so that's fun. Y'all are online, that's fun. Um, what are we talking about? My name's Tommy, pastor here. Uh, we'll cover that. We've been talking in this series about, um, we're using a church word in this series. And the, and the church word we're using in this series is, can y'all guess what it is? covenant. Like you don't use that word a lot outside of church. It's sort of a churchy word, but the reason we're using the word covenant is because covenant is like a partnership in the Bible. When God talks about partnerships in the Bible, he uses the term covenant. And so over and over we see God makes these covenants with people. Uh, and sometimes there's an expectation attached with the covenant. Like when, uh, when God gave the Ten Commandments to the nation of Israel, there was an expectation attached with the covenant. The expectation was, you keep these commands and you will be blessed. And so when they kept the commands, they were blessed. When they violated the commands, they were cursed. But there was an expectation attached with that covenant. And in some of the covenants you see, some of the partnerships between God and people, there are expectations. Other times, uh, we have what's known as the New Covenant. And the New Covenant is basically the New Testament of your Bible. So if you've got a Bible, uh, you've got the, one half of it is the Old Testament, and you've never read it. And the other half is called the New Testament, and that's where we like to spend all of our time. And so the New Testament is the New Covenant in the Bible. And the New Covenant, instead of keeping these rules and being blessed, it's basically this. You surrender your life to Jesus Christ, and you will experience blessing. Like you experience your, you surrender your life to Christ and you receive the favor of the Father. So there's nothing you have to do other than you surrender your life. And when you have surrendered your life, then you are under this new covenant. You give your life to Christ and you are in this new covenant with Christ. And that's one that we're excited about. And that's the covenant we are living under in this room. But when you enter into this new covenant, uh, and you've surrendered your life to Christ, it's not like you're just saying, okay, I'm with Jesus now. There should be some evidence of this covenant, right? And we find the evidence in Romans uh, chapter 8. Paul says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And with Him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we might also share in his glory. Okay, so there, there is a, there's a sign, there's a symbol, there is evidence for those people who have surrendered their lives to Christ, and the evidence has a name. What's the name of the evidence for those people who have surrendered their lives to Christ? I just read it. 
Nope, that's the covenant. It's, it's you receive something, you receive someone. It rhymes with Oli Ririt. <laughs> Holy Spirit, good job, guys. <laughs> well done on that one. The Holy Spirit is the sign of the covenant that you have received God. And so when you have received, when you have surrendered your life to Christ, the evidence of that surrender is the Holy Spirit. But there should also be evidence that you have received the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay, so what we're saying is, for those who have surrendered their life to Christ, there's evidence of that. The evidence of the surrender is the Holy Spirit. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. So if you live a life where you're mean to everybody, you have no self-control, you're never kind, you're not patient, you're not trying to become any of these things, then it's possible that the Holy Spirit is not yet in you. Because the evidence of the Holy Spirit is pretty clear right here. And so if you have these things, you have the evidence of the Spirit. There's lots of evidence. There's evidence of the covenant. And it's not like all the evidence is... Um, I think sometimes we want to make all the evidence of our relationship with God about something going on in our heart. Right? We're like, well, on the inside, I'm a nice person. On the inside, I'm good. Like, we don't think our evidence should be anything anyone sees. It's just all how we feel. I feel good about my relationship with God. Therefore, my relationship with God must be good. But according to James, there's evidence of your faith. In James 2.17, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is, what's that word? Dead. Dead. Yikes. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Okay, so, so, so what the Bible says is, is that if we have surrendered our life to Christ, if we have given our life to Christ, the evidence of that is the Holy Spirit. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control, and faithfulness. The evidence of faithfulness is in what you do. So if you are faithful, it should be seen in the world. So there's evidence of the surrender. We see that. We also see that as, as you read the New Testament, you read about this new covenant. We did nothing to, to do this. This is all God. Salvation by faith. I mean, he, there's, it's not about works. But for those who are surrendered in this covenant, there are expectations. I mean, Christ says, I expect you to, to pray for those who persecute you, to lay down your life for your enemy. So the, the, there, there's surrender, and then there's evidence of the surrender, and then there's all these expectations that go along with it, that you would love people, that you would love God, and you would pray. I mean, all these, all these expectations, and the expectation isn't the same for everyone because we're not all at the same place with God. Tim, how long have you been following Jesus? All right, Tim, Tim's been doing it for 50 years. The expectation on Tim is different than the expectation on one of you who this is your first day in church. You understand that? That's a completely different expectation. But whether you've been doing it for 50 years or five minutes, there is an expectation that you are moving towards the center, and the center is Jesus Christ. 
So although the expectation is different, the expectation is the same no matter where you are in your walk with faith, that you are moving towards, that you're growing, that you're growing, that you're not just stagnating. And so the expectation is different, but it's the same. And so there is expectation in your relationship with Christ. It's also clear that there should be effort. Jesus says, I want you to take up your cross daily and follow me. That sounds like effort, doesn't it? When Paul talks about life with Christ, he uses words like running a race, fighting a war, straining, striving. There is effort in your relationship with Christ. So so if you're under this covenant, if you're in this new covenant and you've surrendered your life to Christ, there is evidence, there is expectation, and there is effort. Because that's what it means to live under the rule and reign of Christ. And again, we're not in all in the same places with our expectation, our effort, and our evidence, but there's progression, and we're all moving towards the center. And I think we all get that. I think, I think we're pretty good. Have I offended anyone with anything I've said yet? Okay, just, that's good. Stay tuned. But <laughs> I, 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 th- I think when we talk about with our life with Christ, we can say those things, and everyone goes, yeah, 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 I get that. In my life with Christ, there should be expectation and effort and, and you know, evidence and surrender. But why then, if, if the local church is the body of Christ, if, if the church is Christ for the world, then why when we begin to apply those same things to being in covenant inside of your local church, does the conversation begin to take a different tone? If I take that, if here's what it means to be a covenant with Christ, there's surrender, there's expectation, there's effort, uh, there's evidence. If I take that same thing and say, to be in covenant with the local church, there is surrender, expectation, evidence, and, and, and effort, it'll get a little dicey. Because I could say this, I, th- I think I could say what I'm about to say, and we'd all agree. If you claim to be a Christian, if you claim to be in covenant with Christ, and you have not surrendered your life to him, and there is no evidence of a relationship, and you refuse to live under any expectation, and there is no effort, it would be better if you did not tell people that you belong to Christ because you are, you are uh, putting a bad stain on the gospel. Is that fair? Is that fair to say? That if, if you claim you're these things, if you claim you're a Christian, but you haven't surrendered, there's no evidence, there's no effort, there's no expectation, then it would be better for you not to tell people you're a Christian because people get a messed up idea about what Christianity is. Is that fair? So what if you said this? And I'm glad y'all are just in my living room because we're just friends talking. What if you said this? If you claim to be in covenant with a local church, but you have not surrendered your life to Christ... You refuse to live under expectation. There is no evidence that you belong to a church, and there is no effort. It would be better if you did not tell people you belong to a church because you make the church look bad. The first one didn't bother anybody. (laughs) But that second one stings a little bit, doesn't it? Even I was writing this, I was like, I don't know that I want to say what I just wrote there. Because something about it feels a little offensive. You know, the, 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 the truth is, you, you can't say something over here in your relationship with God and then say something different when it comes to the body of Christ. And what applies over here should apply over here, but yet it doesn't feel that way. And it's easy with our relationship with God. In my relationship with God, it's easy because it's just between me and God, right? 
And no one interferes and no one really knows. And, and God and I have all these conversations where he constantly affirms everything I already think. <laughs> but when it comes to the church, it's a little dicier because it's measurable, it's tangible, it's practical, and it's public. And that makes it a little more challenging and possibly a little more offensive. But I think, as we'll talk through this a little bit, I think we'll see that, that what applies to Christ should apply to his body. And here, I'm going I'm to tell you all a secret right now, okay? Um, don't, you watch it online, don't tell anybody. Here's a secret. Here's how to grow a church. Bring it in. Those four words, surrender, evidence, effort, and expectation. If you want to grow a church, you lower the meaning of all those words. Because here's what's happening. If you lower the meaning of surrender, effort, expectation, and uh, whatever the other one was, effort, uh, people will flood in. I mean, you can build a big church by lowering the meaning of all those words. When you raise the meaning, you lower the attendance. And I know this because I'm pretty sure I've done both. <laughs> it's true. And if y'all don't believe me, watch. We're going we're gonna to go through these four words, and we're going to raise the meaning and then lower the meaning. And you're going to see why it's, you can build a bigger church by lowering the meaning of these four words. So let's, let's start with surrender. Let's lower the meaning of surrender. Look at that graphic right there. Lower the meaning of surrender. If we want to build a big church, we want everybody to come and be happy and to like us and make sure we offend no one. Here's what surrender means. Pray a prayer one time. Like just at some point in your life, when you are seven or four or 44, come up to the altar and pray a prayer. And if you have done that, then you are a functioning member of the body of Christ. Like we were going to beg you to come pray a prayer. Because once you pray that prayer, then you're in, and then we can add you to our role. And then when I'm talking to another pastor and he says, well, how many members y'all got over there at Grace? I can say 44,000. Because we had 44,000. Or I can say, everyone shut your eyes and raise your hands if you've received Jesus. And no one can open their eyes but me. And if you open your eyes, this doesn't work. And then I can just decide how many people have received Jesus. And then we can count those all as members of our church. You can grow great big churches like this. Here's what happens if we raise the meaning of surrender. To raise the meaning of surrender would say, I gave my life to Christ. I want to be a member of the local church. And I will fight every day to live as one who belongs to the body of Christ. I do not want my life to be summed up by one moment. I want one moment to ignite the rest of my life. And I will fight every day to go to the cross. And I will fight every day to stay close. And I will fail sometimes. And I'm not at this place. And I don't want to compare myself to this person because I'm not where they are. But with all that I have in me, I will wake up every day and surrender. And every day I will pick up my cross. And when that's what surrender means in a local church, people go right out the back doors. It's like when I was in Shelby County, Penal Farm, you turn on that light and the cockroaches, they were gone. My prison friends get that one. <laughs> I, was, I was there for two days, but it, it, felt, it felt like a long time in my defense. Yeah, it wasn't really prison. It was more like a small holding facility. <laughs> but I was still trying to chisel out. Evidence. Let's do evidence. 
Let's lower the meaning of evidence so that we can attract people in. If we lower the meaning of evidence, here's what it means. You show up to church once a month. I'm a member of a church. I'm, I'm an active member of a church based on what evidence? Based on the fact that I show up once a month. Wow. Yeah. What we don't want to do is talk about how you act in public or what you watch or what you listen to or, you know, any of those things. We just want you to show up once a month and then that's solid. Now you raise the meaning of evidence. You raise the meaning of evidence and it changes things. Tim, Tim, you know me. Tim knows me well. Uh, I have confessed sin before to Tim. So let's raise the meaning of evidence. Let's say this is what evidence means. Tim, am I the man I was when you first knew me? Have I grown? Okay, and I would say the same for you. So what, what if we raise the meaning of evidence to the point where we're in such relationship with each other that someone who knows my sin and knows my struggles can say, no, Tommy, you have grown. You're not yet where you need to be. And I think you might say that, which would, I mean, whatever, but you're not either. Um, I mean, so uh, where someone would say to me, you're not yet where you need to be. And Tim would say that to me because we're, we're brothers. But he would also say, but you're not who you used to be. And so the evidence is not that I show up in church once a month. The evidence is someone who knows the truth about me sees that I am moving towards the center. And that's what the evidence becomes. Not some I'm on a roll once a month. It's Tommy showed up. Tommy is growing. He still has struggles. We all have struggles, but he is not the man he used to be, and that becomes the meaning of evidence in a local church. We lost a few more. That's all right. Expectation. Oh, no. Expectation. Yikes. 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 Let's lower the meaning of expectation. <laughs> the only expectation we have is that you put your name on that little membership role. That becomes the expectation. The only expectation that we have is that you put your name on the membership role. Because if we were, here's, here's, this is where it would go south. If we were to talk about your money or your, your lifestyle or social media, people disappear. So to lower the expectation, all we're going to do is ask you to sign a piece of paper one time that says you are a member of this church. Now, you raise the meaning of expectation, and it gets tough. We raise the meaning of expectation, and this becomes a place where we expect broken people to come. We expect the lost, the least, and the last to come and be wanted in love, but we expect them to be transformed. We expect people to be changed. We expect people to grow. No matter where you are on your walk with Christ, we expect you to keep moving. We expect that everyone will be willing to use the resources they have to build the body of Christ. We expect that we will be in small groups with each other. We expect that we will be accountable to one another. We expect that we will all bring our best every week to give God the best of what we have. When that becomes the expectation, your church becomes smaller, right? Some of you are like, yeah, you know, he's right, he's right, because this will be my last time at this place. <laughs> How about this one? How about effort? This is my favorite one, effort. Just, just show up. Just show up. It's upward church. Just show up and get your trophy, 
And as a reward for your effort, I will stand at the back door and go, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Oh, we were so blessed by your presence. Thank you. Thank you. I will literally bow down to every single person who shows up, and I will make sure that I miss no one because God forbid I miss someone and don't tell them thank you for coming. Then you'll really be mad at me. So all you have to do is show up, and we will stand at the door and praise your attendance every week. Effort right? Is it, you could build big churches that way. The pastor spoke to me today. I'm coming back. I'm going to make everyone dress like me, just so you'll think the pastor talked to you even when it wasn't me. A bunch of Tommy disguises. You'll, we'll all need noses. <laughs> effort. What if effort meant this? What, what, if, what, what if effort meant this? I do not expect to come into that place and have some experience created to me. I expect that God will bring the experience through me. And I will show up every single week and I will give God everything I've got. God, I will leave church tired because I have served and I have loved and I have looked and I have praised and I have worshiped and I have done every single thing to glorify my king. And I will do that every single week. And I do not care whether or not I was acknowledged. I'm only there to acknowledge you. And if that becomes the standard of effort in this building, then we change the world in a way no one ever has. When that becomes the standard of effort, not I, I need to be thanked because I showed up, but I need to thank God because I'm allowed to show up. When that becomes the standard of effort, it changes the atmosphere. That God, you know I'm struggling in good days and bad days and in season and out of season. I'm going to come into that place and I'm going to give everything I have because I am in covenant with you and I belong to you and you belong to me and I will not wait for you to walk across the room to me. I will see someone and I will walk up to them and I will love them and everything I have every week and the expectation should be nothing less. And I'm telling y'all, guys, I'm telling y'all, I think that's what we really want. We, somewhere along the way, we got convinced that church was supposed to be less than that. And we lowered the expectation to increase the attendance. And we did. We increased the attendance with rooms full of consumers, with rooms full of people who wanted to watch a show. And somehow the disciples got lost in the crowd. But when you raise the expectation, and you should raise the expectation, every single person today came here with an expectation, didn't you? Y'all expected something. I think, I think if, if the band would have sat up here and, you know, everything was out of tune and, I don't know, um, they would have let me sing, like, and then I would have gotten up here to preach and just sort of laid down on the ground and whistled. Y'all would have been like, oh, this is terrible, right? <laughs> I mean, I think there's, some, there's always an expectation, but I think th the mind shift happens when you quit coming in expecting and you begin expecting God to do it through you. You believe that I am the church. And when I walk into that place, Christ walks in with me and Christ becomes a parent through me. And so it's all these people coming in the room together going, God, now show yourself. Not, not, not show yourself to me. Show yourself through me. All of us. God, show yourself to the world through us. 
through the unity in this place. God, show yourself to the world through us. Doesn't that sound good? Isn't that what you really want? And isn't it sad that no one ever has the courage to tell us the truth? Because we're so scared. If we say something that'll offend you, then you'll stop doing the bare minimum here and go to another church and get on their roll and do the bare minimum there. We have to call each other up to a higher level. And that's okay. And then people say, well, I thought the church was for sick people. It is for sick people. The church will always be for sick people. We are winning souls. We are calling sick people in. But just because we're a church for sick people doesn't mean we call sick people in and just say, lay there and die. That's not grace. What the church shouldn't be is a bunch of sick people laying around spreading their disease on each other, which is probably happening a little bit right now. But I mean, it's, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, the church is not where sick people come to waller in their sickness and die. It's where sick people come to be raised to life and get better. And you're raised to life when there's expectation and evidence and effort and surrender. And that's what we should want. We should want this to be a body of Christ that is worthy of the gospel. And guys, I, I, I say a lot of what I'm saying, and I say a lot of it tongue-in-cheek, because let me tell you this, I see it in this room. If you hear this as, as, as like a, a critique, I love what God is doing in this place. Every single thing I am saying, I see happening here. This, this verse, Philippians 1.27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come to you or see you or only hear about you, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. Listen to this. Striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. That's what we want. Striving together, pushing each other, holding each other up, helping each other, striving to make this place a place worthy of the gospel. I think we got to thinking at some point that if we dumbed it down, then people would show up. But as I read the stories, read the stories of Jesus. Read the stories of Jesus. Jesus was a magnet for broken and lost people. And he always acted like Jesus. He wasn't condescending and mean, obviously, because that's not the fruits of the Spirit. We don't win the world by going around saying, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. You know, it's not duck, duck, goose. Bad, 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 good, and then you run. It's like we love the world in such a way, and they see this supernatural unity. Like what I said at the beginning, I was kind of kidding, but I'm kind of not. We have all these different views, even on Corona and all these things, and right now we're worshiping together in all these different ways. That is supernatural unity, and the world will see it, and they will glorify our Father who is in heaven. When we come together... When we surrender, when we, it starts with that. When we fully surrender our lives to Christ, there's evidence. And that evidence becomes just who you are, not what you do. And, and there's expectation. And the expectation becomes the desire of your heart. And there's effort. And the effort becomes a labor of love. And it's not the same for everybody. But everybody is moving towards the center together. And when that happens, when that happens, the world will see something different. You know what they'll see? Church, as it was intended to be, before we got so scared that by telling them the truth, we might lose church people. Let's be a real church. Let's do real things. 
Let's order this around the commands of the real God. Amen.